My name is Winnie Donahue and I'm one of the narrators for this documentary. Introduction. The fact that there seems to be so much talk about suicide and the effects it is having on young travellers and young people in general. Very little information is available to tackle the issue. Consequently, Catholic Youth Care commissioned this research in August 2005 and welcomes the findings it has produced. My name is Michael Collins. I'm an actor and a playwright and I will be uh, doing some of the readings in this report. Profile of the interviewees. Some 13 men, 25%, and 39 women, 75%, were interviewed. The research team experienced difficulties in encouraging male members of the community to become involved in research. Area of accommodation. The 52 interviewees are spread across Halle, living in five halting sites. The average number of male suicides that affected all interviewees was four. And this is my cousin singing. Eleven interviewees have been affected by one male suicide. Eight interviewees have been affected by two male suicides. Five interviewees have been affected by three male suicides. Eleven interviewees have been affected by four male suicides. Seven interviewees have been affected by five male suicides. Three interviewees have been affected by six male suicides. Five interviewees have been affected by ten male suicides, which four were under the age of 25. It is worth stating that interviewees were referring to deaths by suicides of close family members or friends. Like, by losing my husband, it was very hard for me. And I think um, by... Because I have such a big family, having their children there to look after every day, I do need something like this as well, you know? This is me, Mag. Support, that's what it is, Mag. It's all down to support. Support, And to, to let me know... And this is my friend, Margaret. You're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. And you need, like, someone to talk to, I think, don't you? It's only, if it's only to sit down and to listen to you, Margaret. Yeah. Come in and having a cup of tea with someone. Yeah. Someone that's not your own family. You need someone different in your own family because your family's probably getting sick of listening about this, that and the other with the children and the pressure and the pain. Mm. So if it's someone different to your own family to talk to. And we're both travelling women. Get fed up, get fed up, would you? You yeah, do because, you see, you're washing, cleaning, looking after the family. Yeah. You get very depressed. A friend of mine the other day committed suicide. Oh, we have known each other since we were teenagers, before we got married, before we lost loved ones through suicide. Very popular now it is. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened to her Matal now to do what she done like. Jeez. You must know her very well, did you? I knew her all my life. I think every time now you look at something, you'll hear about suicide. Suicide's an awful thing. We know each other since we were uh, teenagers. We grew up together, we worked together, and then we got married. And we still know each other. But then. As I got in, I've done a survey then with the girls up in the centre and um, I interviewed this particular family. And we're both involved in the report. Very genuine. But they, were, they had been affected by so much suicide. And one of the 52 travellers was interviewed. I remember of them and a cousin, a nephew. Margaret helped uh, by going out to the five sites and, and asking the questions. It was ongoing for this particular family that I interviewed. 
they'd lost so much and they find it very hard to cope. And as you be going, as you be talking about this particular person that commits suicide, another person that come up that commits suicide, a friend of theirs or a nephew or a niece, it was a generation thing sort of in the travelling community. traveling clan and I'm proud just I am of my folks and kids and the love they give to each other in a world going crazy. As I said my name is Margaret and this is Mag and that's her singing there. She called the song Mag song. It's about her life. Begging for water knocking on doors on the canvas washing our clothes by fire in a drum dreaming maybe that's my song. I dreamed I'd find me a good man to raise kids to I call the song Mag's song. The song is about my life. That love protects you and keeps you strong In a world where dreams can go wrong You see, this is a love song about her husband, Paddy. He'll be dead four years this December. A friend of mine came in and she broke the news to me that my husband was after taking his life. And I'll tell you, it was like getting a knife and sticking it in and out through my heart with the pain I got in it. Because God hadn't, you wouldn't wish him dead because I love my husband, my man, and God had him, he had no need to do what he done. Do you know what I mean? He had no need to take his life. If he had to just turn around and say to someone, well, I feel him depressed, I'm feeling him down, I need help. And there was a good few of the kids in the hut at the time. And my eldest son walked in and he said, what's wrong with your mother? And I said, your father is dead. And... Um, we're all crying, and it's just like it's just like a dark cloud come over us. Tell me, and there was a family so happy, all together, and the next minute, this news, and I tell you, it was like I can't describe it to you. It was like just getting something and sticking it in in and out through your heart, but the pain. And I tell you, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, the pain and suffering that me and me, me, me children went through in life. I wouldn't wish it on no, on anyone out there. I wouldn't wish it. And they were all crying and we are all sitting there and friends and family came in, like, and shaking our hands and saying, like, how sorry they were. And, but I'll tell you, then the youngest ones, said so the babies of the family, they didn't like, they didn't know, really what was going on, you know, and I think um, the community centre on the site was very good on that for for them couple of days because they done soup and they done sandwiches for the family as well, because I tell you we weren't we were. 
how are we going to put it? We're, we're so devastated and so caught up in our grief. You don't, you don't want to go shopping. You want to do nothing. Because all you're doing is thinking and pausing and crying and different people coming in and out. Do you know what I mean? So I think that was a great help to the family as well. And then the morning of the funeral, it was very, very sad. It was very hard for us, like, you know, for the say goodbye to your husband, like, you know what I mean, as well. And the children, like, um, watching them as well, you know. Like, you, 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 can, you, can, you can feel their pain, put it that way. I could feel their pain, because I knew exactly what they were feeling. And, like, the, our whole life was turned upside down. He was a very handsome man with blue eyes and dark hair, and we had eight kids together. But on the 1st of December 2004, he took his own life. On the 1st of December 2004, he took his own life. The year after Mag lost her husband, I lost my uncle the same way. Um, it was July three years ago and um, I was driving my husband's car and my husband was in with his brother and um, he flashed me to pull in so I pulled in and he got out and he came to the passenger's window, the driver's door window and he said, Margaret, he said, your uncle is, um, is dead. And I was, like, couldn't understand the reason why. And he said, um, he's after being found, he said, hanging. Had to do away with himself, he said. He was only 44. Do you, do you know who found him first? Yeah, one of his friends that he'd been with previous that day, I think, went to the shop or something. They were sitting um, outside near a river, and I think he'd went up to the shop to get drink and came back, and there was a Joe was just found here hanging. Did he leave a note? No, no note, none whatsoever. It was very hard, very hard, because it was suicide. Like, you ask yourself, why did he do it? What was the reason? What was on his mind? Like, there is, um, what way can I put it? So it's always something missing. Different, like, say, God forbid, Lord of mercy, anyone that dies, no matter what way they die, like, uh, death is very sad, no matter what way it comes. But with a suicide, it, there's so many unanswered questions somebody dies in a car accident well you know that person has died in that car crash the car crashing was the cause of the death but with suicide you don't know what was the cause of the death oh I had yeah, I'd lost my uncle and um, but their children his children had lost their father and he was a grandfather I think he'd like maybe three grandchildren at that stage and like his eldest girl was married that's all he had in his family was married, one child. And, like, there were seven other children there not married. A few of them girls and a few of them little boys. Where travelling children get married young. And they like their parents there, like, especially their father. Well, the hardest times, really, would be to see them standing around the grave, looking in and... A big sense of loss for them, really. Like, it was lost on us, but more of a big loss on them. But then I had lost... Before Joe, as I said, I'd lost my daddy and I was strong at that stage because daddy had died sudden. 
and it was strong and you were saying like oh, you should know Margaret because you've been through it but I've been through it in a different way I've been through it with a sickness where Joe's death was different it was suicide and to me the pain was hard so it must have been very hard for them Chapter 3, Dealing with the Experience of Suicide. This chapter explores the experience of 52 interviewees in dealing with deaths by suicide of family members or friends. 3.3, Circumstances of the Suicide. Interviewees talked about the circumstances of some of the suicides. Hanging was the most common means of suicide. All interviewees had dealt with at least one hanging of a family member or friend. God, I don't know. Two boys hanged themselves in jail. The other two at their house. Two were drug related. The rest were due to hangings. I found a person who cut his wrist. Hangings and an overdose of lighter fuel were others. With other people that I know, one was found by his father, another by his nephew, another by her husband. All hanged. Most of the people living on the site would have seen two of those. The girlfriend found his body. They all hanged themselves. Fathers and friends found one. A number of the families witnessed those events. This woman says, I went to a refuge. I came home the next day. I found them hanging. I was 18 when I got married. I'll tell you on the programme how I felt on that day and how the children felt. He was um, tall. He was tall enough, but he was blocky. He was stout. And I'll tell you when my song tell. He was tall and he was blocky and he had uh, dark hair and blue eyes. And he was very good looking. I don't know, was, I think I just had butterflies in my tummy for him, like, you know. I just like, liked his company and... I remember we used to share conversations as well together, like... You know what I mean? And... Like, he'd always share something with you. Like, if, he'd, if something happened, he'd come and tell you about it. Or if something happened to me, I'd go and tell him. Like, you know what I mean? We were like... And I thought, I thought like... Like, you think things, when you, when you get married and have your family, you think things is going to last forever. But they don't. Well, the second verse of the song yes, tells you that yes, Paddy left me for another woman. And yes, how... We were torn apart. We were devastated. If you got a, if, if you got ran over by a car, you wouldn't have felt as bad. Well, my husband was 20 when we got married, and he was there, say, with me through thick and smooth. Say, when my child died, and then when, say, how can I put it, um, say, when I had the rest of the children, he was there. And... He, like he used to collect a bit of scrap or he bought showing the horses and he was like he was there the whole time and sadly like he went on his own way didn't he and I've been like I was married 18 years to him and he just got up and went on but then he came back um, about five or six weeks later and I forget him, I took him back. I never stopped loving him. Everything was fine. And then 
I had Willie, God bless him. And when Willie was five months old, he went on again. And this time he went for good. And then uh, last time, the next time, for good. About a couple of weeks before he died, he asked me, could he see the children? And I said he could let him see the children. And then some of the lads got a phone call saying that he was after dying. And then she lost him a second time after he took his own life and left them all for good. The song is about what happened to you. I think it makes it more special as well. And you can really feel the, the words of the song as well. By taking his own life. She sings about the time after his suicide when she literally had to pull herself out of the bed. How I had to pull myself out of the bed every morning for the sake of the children. Then I lost my man twice, first to a woman, then to Christ. God knows how I kept going, fighting pain and revelation. She sings about how she put on her coat and went out and got herself a job. I took a chance that came my way to read and write, have my say. Eight kids and a mother seeking truth and education. And I set off and got myself a job in a training centre for me and my children. Family love kept me strong. Eight good reasons to go on And I pray to the good Lord above For the strength for all of their love I lost my husband and a year later Margaret lost her uncle the same way. And it was sad very, very sad because it was very, very sudden and it took me, myself and my extended family an awful lot of time and still to this day, still coming to terms with what, what we've been through. Still find it very hard to come to terms. And even going to another funeral, even, even if the person's not related to you, it brings it all back. brings back the sad loss that you've had. A month later then, an in-law to the family um, committed suicide. And he was only a very young person. He was um, in his early stage, in his early thirties, and was a married man, the father of children as well. And he was um, he committed suicide a month just after my uncle had done it, and it was a devastating time for the family. Devastating. This lovely young man, in his early thirties, had taken his own life, and it left this family devastated. But um, also left his own wife and children devastated. Loads of questions and answers. Why? Why me? Why his children left? Why his wife was left? Total shock. Uh, Margaret, can I turn the game on the computer? Yeah, you can have five more minutes now on the computer and I have to shut it down because we have to go to a meeting. That day we were in our centre. That's where Mag works now. We have an after school for the kids. Our children go there. 
There was a lot going on there. I enjoy my work. Because um, I had to go to a meeting with Mag. That day we were roasting chickens for the dinner. And then we were rushing off to a meeting. A meeting for other travellers who, like us, are affected by suicide. Are you ready, Mag? One minute to spread the chip, you Ready now, Mag. That's where I work. I think this meeting would help you, Mag, a good bit, you know, a bit of counselling as well over. Uh, be no harm, Mag, a meeting with other people who felt the same way as us. And by going here and learning more about it, I think it make me happier in myself as well. Yeah. You know? Happy to console, like, since you last Paddy, Lord of Mercy. It would, yeah. So, like, I think myself, a lot of people wants to learn more about suicide, this is the places to go to, too, you know? Because I think the the most important thing with suicide, the answer is always, why do they do it? You know, and by getting involved in things like this, bring people more into, into courses and things yeah. as well. Bring them out of their self as well. Of course they would, yeah. I live on a site. There's ten bays, a community centre... Five group houses. I have two caravans, uh, a unit with a kitchen in it, and it's an old site. It wouldn't be a modern site. It'd be an old site. So it's uh, at the minute now. It wouldn't be very nice to look at because it needs a bit of renovation at the minute. But uh, it's up my home, and like I am proud of where I live. She lives in a trailer with wooden panels and cream curtains. I live in a trailer. It has one bedroom. It has a bedroom, a dinette and a settee. Then I have another caravan. It's a smaller caravan again. And there's two beds in that as well, so saying that I'd have plenty of room. Some of her children live beside her in another trailer. There's plenty of room, she says. A 30-minute walk from the square in Tala. I had eight kids, and I still have eight kids, but I got two married, and then my daughter's due her baby in November, and I'm looking forward to being a granny. I was in the caravan for about two weeks after my husband died and I was looking up at the roof smoking, smoking the girls were doing the housework mostly and uh, they said to me oh, mum, mommy, come on you're coming out to the hood and all this and I'd say no, not, no so this, this day I just got up I said I'll tell you there's two ways I can go I can go down this road of medication or I can go down and try to get an old job for myself so I told Ellen and Maggie I said go and mind the children now I said and going down the road, I said, trying to get an old job. They said, all right, mummy. So I went away and I got, I went down to St. Basil's Training Centre and I got a job. I got counselling. There was other women in Basil's who was already either lost their husbands, they lost someone. And I think them women down there knew exactly what I was going through. Um, I think it really brought me around to kind of 
to live with. Well, live with it. That's the only way I can describe it to you. It's not to make it go away because it's not going to go away. It's kind of to live with, with it. Try to get to two each day. But um, I met uh, different women down there and I think by chatting to the other women and listening to the other women and listening to the counsellor and I think it made me stronger on myself as well. Because you'd have to be strong to try to rear kids by yourself as well, you know. So um, I have to learn to live with the pain. I think this is a pain that I'll carry with me till whatever time I die. That's the only way I can describe it. Because by living with by living with the pain, you're kind of getting on to everyday things and you're doing everyday chores or whatever, looking after the children, cooking food, washing clothes, going to the shops, going to work, coming back. Watching television, going to bed, getting up in the morning, starting a new day. But you're kind of living with the pain. But there's days there, then God help us. You can have your good days and your bad days. There's other days, then God help us. You could wake up and you'd be crying. You could be sobbing from your heart. A song could come on the wireless. A film could come on the telly. So, I mean, there's so, always some, something that'll bring it back. But you have to kind of, kind of learn to live with the pain. And I tell you something for nothing. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, the way I feel. And I think what makes me strong as well is the children. keeps me going. Like, um, they get up and they'll make you an old cup of tea and say, how, how, how are you today, Mommy? And how was work? And all this, you know, they'll give you conversations. They don't have you sitting in a corner looking out the window thinking away to yourself because you wouldn't get time to do that. Probably if I was left to do that, I probably wouldn't be here today talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, no, I don't get time. I don't get time to think I want. Because you're on the go the whole time. There's no so only one thing finished when there's something else to do. I hope the weather clears up now. There's a lot of travellers in this area who've had their world turned upside down because people they love take their own lives. Shouldn't take as long to get down to this meeting anyhow. No, won't last that long anyhow. I wouldn't think so, no. A couple of hours now and it'll be... Uh, As the report says, over, yeah. 18 lives yeah. in 19 months. I'd said it'd be a great turnout for this door, Margaret. The help of God now, no, like. It breaks your heart. And it's to let people know as well about the support that's there for them. Yeah. You know, Margaret, that they're not alone in their time of need as well. True. Travelling life is changing, man. Okay. And it is, and it's making it very hard to to, to settle into the new environment yeah. as well, you know. True, yeah. Because what the travelling not been there and things, you know, for them now, and they're allowed to carry on with their culture as well. Oh, it's took a lot of it away from them, their horses, and it caused depression. Because if a man travel manager or a woman, a tra- travel man in particular, if they're used to going out fixing their horses in the morning, giving them the water and feeding them, whatever, taking them for the trots. Can't do that anymore, Max. It's not allowed. It I think it's really taking their identity as well, as well, yeah. Margaret. You know, letting the people know who they really are as and, well. You know, and it makes them depressed, Mag. It does. And makes then them... if nothing to do, it makes them fond of the drink. Yeah. So no one knows like what goes on. I think by uh, tele youth service as well, like having these meetings, like it kind of brings everyone yeah. together because everyone kind of in the community is affected by suicide as well, and it brings everyone like has their different story about it. You know, eleven and interviewees have been affected by one male suicide. Eight interviewees have been affected by two male suicides. 
Five interviewees have been affected by three male suicides. Eleven interviewees have been affected by four male suicides. Seven interviewees have been affected by five male suicides. Three interviewees have been affected by six male suicides. Five interviewees have been affected by ten male suicides, which four were under the age of 25. You know, man, that, that, that really breaks my heart because anyone who has been affected by suicide can really uh, connect with the person. Of course they can. They can yeah. connect with that person and what way that person is feeling, feeling as well. Inside, you know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you get it off the women, but the, the whole thing about men not talking, men, traveling men don't talk to each other, traveling women do. That's why there's so many young men. I don't know if you want to know or not, but, you know, like, even though there are some female suicides, there are an awful lot of male suicides because you see, women, travel women talk to each other, men don't talk to each other, and if they do, and their fathers or uncles or relations find out, even members of their extended family, they say, "Stop petting over that. Don't be acting like a child. You have a fine job. You have a nice wife. You have lovely kids. You have a new van. You have a grand home. What are you going around behaving like that for?" If somebody dies of a normal death, Meg. Well, you can accept that. that that's way. right. Yeah. If somebody died through suicide, there's questions and answers there. The why? 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 That why is always there, yeah. What was the reason? Yeah. 3.6. Perceived changes in behaviour. Interviewees were encouraged to explore in more detail whether they had noticed any changes in behaviour before the suicides. In the days before his death, my uncle, he was keeping himself to himself. Very withdrawn, like. The sun is sinking in the way. I feel that depression was a big thing for all the men. My uncle spoke about the place, you know, the place where he wanted to be buried. He used to feel very frustrated, you know, like about his marriage. He spoke about the wish of dying. Depression and alcohol were a factor in my uncle and cousin's cases. The two who died in prison, we heard they were bullied there, bullied a lot in prison. He was doing very heavy thinking. Another suicide put the idea in his head. You know, loneliness. Loneliness is a big factor. I think when they were alone and he's coughing into the ground, I think that was very hard. I think, like, watching him go down. And, and I think the hardest part of all was 12 months after watching his headstone going up and, and his photograph on it. I think it really leaves you know not coming home. I think watching watching that photo going on that headstone, I think that's that's just saying I'm not coming home. But um my husband died on the first of Christmas month. So every Christmas is not the same, put it that way. And even with birthdays now, anniversary, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and all things like that. Like, my kids will all make me cards, and you know what I mean? They'll bring them into you. Ah, here, Mommy, here's a card for you. So, man. But then Father's Day, we'll go up to the grave, and St. Patrick's Day, we'll go up to the grave, and say every Sunday, we'll go up to the grave. You know? But, um, it is hard. It is very hard. It is. I'll tell you, when you lose someone that you really love, it is hard. It is hard. And it's hard, I think, myself. You'd have to be a very, very strong person to get up and try to get on. You have to be strong because if you're ever awake, you won't, you won't, you won't survive. You will not survive.
And that's just straight away what you want, son. Is it harder when they die from suicide? It is. It is harder when they die of suicide because I have two small little boys at the minute and it is very hard because they comes up and says to me, uh, how did daddy die? You know what I mean? How did daddy die? How am I supposed to turn around and tell them? Do you know what I mean? Like the, elders, the older ones that know how he died. But the smaller fellas don't. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know I will come to the day when I will have to sit them down and tell them. And it's going to be very hard. That's the day I'm dreading. And that day, I think it's going to get me when I sit them down and tell them. Should be a big turnout for this. Conclusions. There are a number of important messages that emerge from the research. Number one, the central role of the family. Number two, the supportive role of the community. Number three, the need for a detailed plan. For the likes of poor people, like, and nothing else there for them. You know? It's very sad, isn't it, man? It is very sad. And you never know the meaning of it until it comes to your own door. That's it, man, because when it hit me, I'll tell you, I was devastated. That's why it's always there. That's why it's good to talk and to go to the meetings. If only the men did the same. But they turn in on themselves, like Mags Paddy, like my Uncle Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she drowned as well. She must yeah. walk down to the meeting. God help her. God look down the yeah. anyway. Well, you see, she knows how important that is as well, you know what I mean? She's been through herself. Yeah, God, God help her, her. yeah. do yeah. away, I'll tell you. Please, God. Yeah. We'll have better times. But as I said at the start, Mag's song is a love song, and it's still a love song. I put all my feelings down on paper, and I turned it into the song. Something good, my own song. This song is a story of her life. Of my life isn't over. How do you think it sounds, Dad? I think it's a bit old tune. No. There's a third verse of the song. Huh? Yeah, we said it. Look, it's because we have an audience. <laughs> Ready? Some days my song is playing away in my head. And that is great. I get out of that bed. And I'm still alive and I'm there for my children. Other days it's not so good because the why is always there. As I said from the start, my song is a love song. And it's still a love song. And now it's a love song for my children. Travelling life is slipping fast. The waiting's word just can't last. But I got memories to guide me. John Paul, Ellie, Maggie, Martin. I still gotta fight my cause, convince this world and I'm not lost. Look each person in the eye with strength and determination. Jimmy, Mikey, Jerry, and Willie.
God bless them and God be mine. A woman of a traveller's claim. I don't know how to, how to, what do you think of that, boys? <laughs>